Welcome back to Dear Dio. I am your host, Michael Garrison, incoming PGY1 neurology resident. And this week, we're going to talk about transitioning into medical school, coming out of undergrad, coming out of your gap year, maybe. It's June. You've been accepted to medical school. You're anticipating starting very, very soon. It can be a very nerve-wracking, bittersweet, kind of anxiety-inducing time. So hopefully these kinds of tips and pointers can point you to the right direction so maybe you can have a little bit less anxiety or maybe anticipate the joys of medical school instead of just the hours and hours of work. So before we begin, just want to thank everybody for coming back and listening for this week's episode. I do not have a guest. It's just me. Um, let me know if you like that better. Let me know if you enjoy the guests, maybe a 50-50 split. I really like hearing what you guys have to say about the podcast. Go ahead and give a five-star rating and review if you're enjoying it. And please, please, please share with your friends, share with your neighbors, other medical students in your school. I love hearing from you guys that you know you shared it with somebody and somebody is really enjoying it too. That is the goal for this podcast is to you know help as many people as we can. So if you don't already, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at dear.do.pod. This really helps by letting me engage with you guys. I love to ask you guys questions on there. Um, If you found my podcast from Instagram, so cool. Go ahead and share it on your story this week. That could really help me out. So let's go ahead and get started after this ad break. So the very first question, well... To be honest, y'all, we got a lot of questions about transitioning into medical school, so that's kind of the goal of this episode, but then within that realm, we got a lot of other questions. So the main question being, transition to first year of medical school slash time balance. Okay, so let's talk about transitioning to medical school. The first thing that I want to point out, whether you're coming straight out of undergrad or from your gap year, is that you just need to relax. You probably are saying, I've heard this information or this tip hundreds of times so far. Just relax. Well, that's really, really hard. And I understand that that's hard when, you know, you're waiting to start. You're probably feeling pressured to relax from everyone. But I am telling you that once the school year starts, you'll be graduating in the blink of an eye. Like that's just reality. It Once it starts, it doesn't really stop. Um, I did have a pretty decent summer of my first year, like after my first year of medical school. Um, That's usually the time that people work on research projects um, and do a lot of clinical stuff. It was COVID for me, so I didn't have to do any of that. So I did get a summer, but in normal times, a lot of people use that summer to advance their, their heiress application for residency. So I would use this as your last summer essentially. So do something that you've been wanting to do. Take a trip, spend time with family. You know, it can be bittersweet leaving your friends and family. Um, But that brings me to my next point. When you're transitioning into medical school, the very first thing that you do before you go to your first class, before you really even settle into your apartment, find friends first. You can do med school alone, But do you really want to? For me, finding those friends first, you know, there's all kinds of social media outlets for each medical school class. So I bet that your medical school has a private secret Facebook page that you can meet people on, find people who have shared interests with you, 
find out where everyone else is kind of going to be living. If it's a big city, are they all living in kind of one section of that city? If it's a small town, is there, you know, one or two apartment complexes within that small town that most of the students live in? I would try to live there if at all possible, but just knowing kind of where the other people are going to be, find your friends, find your people, find your tribe, right? So the main place that I ended up finding most of my friends was actually during orientation. And I think, you know, as cheesy as it is, I was never that person in undergrad that, you know, went to all the events. I never lived in a dorm. I kind of did undergrad alone. And so for me, I didn't, I never had that. I never knew what I was missing out on, but honestly, having friends made all the difference. So during orientation, I was like, yeah, it sounds lame going on a hike with a bunch of other medical students, right? Um, But honestly, that was the best thing that I could have done. So we did a hike, we did a river float, we did a chicken wing festival, we did a movie night all in the same day. And I found a really, really great group of people. And the group of people that I met, they were all gunners, right? Like we all just really love studying (laughs) as silly as that sounds. We like doing well rather. Like we don't love studying, but we like doing well. We like knowing the answers to things. Um, So for me, finding those people was really good because I was a slacker in undergrad and I never had anyone to compare myself to because I didn't have those friends who were also in my classes. Entering medical school when all my friends would be talking about, you know, the Krebs cycle for the 50th time. I'm like, well, they're talking about it. I want to participate in that conversation, so I need to know it. So just having having friends really propelled me to want to do better. And then it also just makes you have a better time, right? Like you can hang out with your friends after tests. You can ask them questions when you have questions, all of these things that I'm going to talk about a little bit later. But keep asking yourself, you know, like, do you want to get through med school or do you want to enjoy it? This brings me to my next point. So the only preparation that you need to do. So I said to relax and I said to find friends. The only real preparation that you need to do is you need to make some purchases, Going to medical school is not cheap. You know, you have to pay for your drug screen. You have to pay for the, for moving costs. You have to pay for vaccinations, maybe. I don't know. But you have to buy some things as well. I remember before the loans dropped, I was like, I really need an Apple pencil. And I had to like borrow $100 from my mom. Like, it's just, it's a very stressful time. And I just, I understand that. But these are some things that I would buy again or buy from the start that maybe I put off until the very end. So the first thing is an iPad. It doesn't have to be a brand new iPad. I got mine on Facebook Marketplace before classes started for $250. I think it was like the first iPad Pro ever to exist. But make sure that it's pencil compatible because I took all of my notes on my iPad. Um, It's really nice because you can download your PowerPoints onto your iPad onto Notability You can write directly on the slides, and then you can back it up to your Google Drive. When you back it up onto your Google Drive, you know that you're never going to lose it. Um, You can also record while you're writing, and so you can play the lecture out loud and write while you're recording it, and it will play it back in the same order. So like, if you reopen your PowerPoint and you want to hit play, you hit play 
and you click where you were writing and you can watch yourself write as you're listening to the recording during that exact moment. So it's kind of nice. I don't know if I explain that super succinctly, but that's essentially the gist. And then you can take those slides, you can take screenshots of those slides, and you can transfer them onto your Anki Extra section, which is really nice. So that way you're going through your Anki, and every time that you hit spacebar, you will see pop up your slides with your notes on them, and it really reinforces that visual memory of the lecture. So other things that I would buy. I would buy a couple of outfits for Oskis, maybe one pair of pants, you know, like some dress pants, one pair of shoes minimum, and a couple of different shirts or blouses. You know, you can always wear the same pants, but it's very obvious when you are watching yourself back and you're always wearing the exact same shirt. I think I only had one shirt for OSCEs um, or for our SPEs or standardized patient encounters for the entire first year. So every time that I went back and watched my video of myself, I was wearing the exact same red polka dot shirt. Um, which is fine. It's fine. I own it. Other things that I would buy, I would buy some good noise canceling headphones. I loved studying in the study rooms at my school. I loved it. I did not love all the people talking in the study room. I am a type of person who gets very easily distracted or if I hear like little noises, uh, in the background, it's really hard for me to kind of focus on an Anki card. I'll read the same thing five times. Um, and then I'll get really frustrated. So get yourself some noise-canceling headphones. Thank me later. Um, it also helps because you can take basically like an, a practice exam in a room full of people. Um, yeah. Other things, a computer stand. Oh, my gosh. I cannot tell you how much my life has changed since I bought a computer stand. The one that I got is $15. It's on Amazon. I will probably make like an Amazon storefront on Instagram um, because of all of these things that I'm listing. But the computer stand that I got is collapsible, $15. It is metal. It has different increments that you can put it on to stand your computer up more or more. Um, so it's super portable, super lightweight. I love it. My neck does, didn't hurt anymore after I started using it. Um, with that, though, the trackpad becomes higher or at an angle. And so I had to buy an external Bluetooth mouse for like $10 on Amazon. So all in all, $25 to save your neck extreme pain. So I would highly recommend it. And then purchase Anki. So Anki is free for MacBooks and PCs, right? For desktops or laptops. Um, it is not free for iPads and cell phones. So I purchased it for my iPad for the reason that I was talking about before. I would take all my notes on my iPad, I would copy the slide, and I would go over to Anki and I would paste it onto the extra section on that Anki. I would sync it on my iPad and then I would open Anki on my computer after syncing it on my computer and all of the stuff that I did on my iPad would now be on my computer. It is so much easier. It streamlines the entire process. I cannot tell you enough. Anki for your iPad or your phone is $25. Once you buy it on one, as long as you're on the same Apple account, you should be able to open it on the other. So it's kind of like a two for one. And then you can do Anki on your phone, in the car, on the bus, on the train, in the OR, whatever you're fancy. So highly, highly recommend that. 
And then we got a really important question. Someone asked, can you talk about Anki? How can we find decks to import? Is Anki really that necessary? So starting about, can you talk about Anki, right? <laughs> I could talk about Anki all day. Um, I'm really passionate about Anki because if I had Anki during undergrad or during the MCAT, my life would have been completely different. I am a firm believer in that. I did not do well in the MCAT. I got a 502. Um, not that that's terrible, but I was really, really struggling to get that 502. And I studied for months. Like I really dragged out the process. I did not study efficiently. I bought all the Kaplan books. Giant waste of money, honestly. It was $2,000 or something like that for the Kaplan books and the videos. And that money just disappeared because honestly, it did nothing for me. Um, Khan Academy is a is way better of a resource than Kaplan ever could. So that's just a little soapbox about that. But if I had Anki during that time, I would have had a completely different experience because Anki just changes the way that you learn information. So Anki is a spaced repetition software. Um, it was initially used, I think, to learn languages. It's a good software. A lot of people in medicine use it because it kind of gives them this, it's a spaced repetition model, but then there's a visual component to it as well. So I, like a lot of other medical students, you know, you do so much Anki that you start to see the cards in your sleep. You start to see the cards when you're waking up in the morning, um, just in your head. When you're on the test, taking the exam, you get a question, you can see the Anki card in your head. It really just makes you a, almost like a photographic memory, even for people who don't normally have photographic memories like myself. So it kind of trains your brain in that way. Super passionate about Anki. How can we find decks to import? So I would start with your school. So especially coming into first year of medical school, I would ask the class above you. So if you have a mentor or something like that from your school specifically that was assigned to you, I would ask them. I would ask on the Facebook page, anything like that. Um, med school is best when it's collaborative. This should not be a, you know, dog eat dog kind of mindset. This should not be, you know, gatekeeping resources. People should want to help each other during medical school. So these people should be open to giving you the resources when you ask for it, right? So I would ask for class decks. So at my school, what we had was a Google Drive of all of the class decks, and they were handed down, down, down throughout the classes, right? So these decks probably originated five or 10 years ago, and every year they get edited and passed down to the next class, which is really nice. So I got mine from Gunnar Orcutt, who was previously on the show, and Ashley Hamadi, who will also be on the show very soon. So those are two legends from my school who really changed the game. Not gatekeeping resources, super friendly, super talkative. You know, they're open to answering all of your questions openly and honestly. Um, so I really admire that about those people. But anyway, so get the Anki from them. And then I would edit it myself. And that's the key, right? Okay, so you got the deck from somebody else. Now you need to edit it for yourself. Go through that deck card by card. Make sure that one, the information is right. Make sure that the information is relevant, right? If, if there's a card on something, but it was not in the lecture, ask yourself, is that card really necessary then? Um, on the flip side, maybe you went through all the cards and 
you didn't notice a card on good pastures disease when the professor really, really emphasized good pastures. So maybe you're going to make a card now on good pastures or maybe make two cards on it um, and make sure that you have those slides in the extra section. So making sure that you go through it yourself is huge, 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 okay? Other ways to import decks. So Reddit is a really good resource um, only for this. <laughs> I, I always have to make that disclaimer because Reddit can be a very, very toxic place, but Reddit has a lot of downloads from Google Docs for step decks, for level decks, for Pathoma, for Sketchy, things like that. Would I focus on board prep during classes? No, I did not. Um, that might be my school-specific recommendation, but a lot of the content from my school, you know, the we had grades, so you had to make sure that you were going to get an A on that test, right? Um, it didn't matter that they didn't talk about good pastures, but good pastures was board relevant. You had to know the material that the teachers wanted you to know. And then your dedicated time was time to fill in the gaps between what they taught and what's going to be on boards. So I took the school year as just learning the class material. I did the class decks. I did sketchy decks, sketchy micro and sketchy farm. I never touched sketchy path. It's a giant waste of time in my opinion. Their videos are like 40 minutes long and the storylines become very, very intense and convoluted in my opinion. Anyway, um, I did Pathoma, but I did not do the Pathoma Anki during the class season. So all of the decks that I mentioned about sketchy, read it every time. Um, when it's time for boards, you can get the Pathoma decks, the Zonki decks, the Tazonki decks, the Anking decks, all of those also on Reddit, depending on like what you're going for. And I've talked about those decks before. If you have questions about what decks for what, let me know. I'm here for all of your questions. Um, and then last question, is Anking necessary? So this is a multi-level question. Is Anki necessary? I would say no. It's not necessary. It's not absolutely you have to do it. Um, for me, I would not have gotten through med school without it. A lot of people do really well without using it, and a lot of people do really well with using it. I was one of those people where I was like, I don't need to use it at first. I did pretty well on my first couple of exams without using it at all. I didn't even know what it was. I thought that it was too complicated for me. I thought there was too many buttons I had to press. I didn't know how it worked. I thought it was boring. I kept falling asleep when I was doing it. I was like, there's no way that this is gonna work. And I just kept up with it. I just kept trying. I would fall asleep on the couch doing it. I would wake up and keep doing it. And eventually I stopped falling asleep while I was doing it, so it's great. All of this to say, that even though you might think that it's not for you and you really want to give it a solid try because it's so beneficial for board studying, I would keep trying. So it would be a lot easier to have used Anki the entire year during classes um, and get a bearing of how to use it than trying to use it on day one of dedicated for level one or step one. You do you. You don't have to use Anki. You can use Quizlet. Ew. Um, you can use study guides. I don't care. You know, I also use study guides. 
all of this to say that you make your own decisions. I just would not write it off if you're thinking, man, this is too complicated. Man, this is boring. Man, this is not my, my, not my thing. Um, because I didn't think it was my thing either. And now I am the, I don't know, like the disciple of Anki really. Like I love it. I am here to tell you guys all about it. So Going back to the first question, asking about time balance in school. So time balance in medical school, it's all about mindset. You know, like I was saying earlier, do you want to get through med school or do you want to enjoy med school? These are four years of your life. And they kind of are like four of your prime years in quotes that like people like to say, you know, you're probably in your 20s. Even if you're not, that's cool too. Um, So, you know, I would want to enjoy it. And I did enjoy it. I think that those four years were transformational for me. I learned a lot about myself. I grew as a person. I am definitely a much better person after four years of medical school than I was going in. Um, And I can say that honestly. So let's talk about time balance. So number one, set a schedule for like every day. Set a schedule for studying and stick to that schedule. So for me, I woke up every morning, ate my breakfast, did my Anki for three hours, maybe four hours, went to the gym after I was done with my Anki reviews, came back, watched all my lectures that had been from the morning that were now recorded on 1.4 times speed, took my notes while I was watching them, watched all four in one sitting kind of, maybe ate a snack, you know, and then after that, had a little break made some dinner or like an early dinner, and then made or edited the cards that went with those lectures. So if you had a lecture on glomerular diseases, I would go ahead and download that deck from the class deck that I had on my Anki Drive, and I would go through each card. So it's like I was doing the deck for the first time, but when you do the deck for the first time, it's actually in chronological order from whoever made it. So if the lecture's in the same order that it was when it was originally made, you should be in good shape to just kind of like go through the deck as you have the lecture right next to you and be like, yep, this checks out. Yep, this checks out. Let me add my notes over. And it's actually a really quick process. I would not spend more than an hour editing or making a deck per lecture because then you're going to be there all night and you're never going to catch up. So that kind of goes with the stick to this schedule. When you have this schedule and you stick to it, it's impossible to fall behind. Once you fall behind in medical school, you cannot catch up. I will say that again. I don't want to scare anyone, but if you fall behind in med school, it is virtually impossible to to catch up. So do not fall behind. Maybe one lecture here or there, that's fine. But even that, like, it's just so easy to go off the rails And before you know it, it's the day before the exam and you have 10 lectures to watch and that's a really dark place to be in. So just stick to the schedule, have the same schedule every day. Now that all sounds really overwhelming. And something that I told my mentee over and over and over again, because, you know, I'm the kind of person that's a planner. I like to know what's, what's coming up. I had to really reel that in for medical school. So telling myself, you know, I'm going to take it a day at a time. I'm not going to look at what the lectures for tomorrow are. I'm going to look at what the lectures for today are, and I'm going to get them done tomorrow. We'll see. So take it a day at a time or a week at a time. Look at your week in review. See what days you have quizzes. That's important to know. You know, know when your exam is, know when your quizzes are. Everything else, don't get stuck in the weeds. 
this is what I got to get done today. I don't care what I got to get done tomorrow. I'm going to get whatever needs to be done today and I'm going to rest and I'm going to sleep and I'm going to take tomorrow when tomorrow comes. That kind of mindset changed my life, my entire life. No, I no longer got overwhelmed by the weeks, no longer forced myself to get ahead by doing tomorrow's work today. First of all, you're not actually getting ahead. You're just kind of stressing yourself out. Once you're done with today's work, chill. That's my biggest my biggest advice for you. You got all the Anki done for today? You reviewed all the things that you wanted to review? Watch Grey's Anatomy. Watch Bachelor. I don't care what you're going to do. Go to the gym. Go for a hike. Sleep for 12 hours. Do what you got to do, but do not start tomorrow's work today. Number two. Have a non-negotiable wellness activity. So for me, like I was saying before, I went to the gym or did some type of physical activity every single day. And I would recommend having this kind of in the middle of your day to kind of break up your day a little bit, have something that you can really look forward to in the morning or in the evening after the whole day is done. So sometimes I would skip my gym session, but I would go to yoga at the local yoga place at night and I would see all my friends and I would get a good sweat on. Great. 10 out of 10. Cannot emphasize that enough. Have yourself an activity that is non-negotiable. You're going to do it even if you still have Anki cards to do when you get back from yoga, but you're going to go to yoga. Okay. (laughs) So number three, going back to why friends are so pivotal in in med school, they can really help with your time balance. So seeing when they're studying and comparing it to yourself. I mean, okay, all of this with a grain of salt. Don't compare yourself to others. Stay in your lane. But kind of for me, getting a gist of how other people were studying was really helpful for me to kind of build my own framework. Okay, they're studying all night. Not my jam. I'm not going to study all night. And I'm not going to feel pressured to study all night. But knowing that like, that's their thing and everybody's kind of different. I took what I liked out of everyone around me's schedules and built my own framework. And that's what I would advise to you. And then secondly, ask your friends who are doing well what they're doing. Um, So for me, that was Anki. In the beginning, I was not using Anki. I was just writing things a hundred times. I don't even really know what I was doing without Anki really. But I asked one of my friends, I was like, you're doing really, really well. I want to do really, really well because I felt like I was the the lowest in my friend group kind of like just trying to catch on, like felt like I didn't belong there. I felt like, you know, maybe they accepted me by mistake. They didn't really want me there. All of the things that imposter syndrome will tell you is what was going through my head first semester of medical school, especially before Anki. And one of my friends told me about Anki and how he had used it for the MCAT and how it really helped him. And now he's using it in med school because everyone does that, quote unquote. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do that. Um, And Gunnar Orcutt, who's been on the show, he did a whole presentation for my class about what Anki was and how to use it. And I went to that. Still was kind of like, eh, maybe, maybe not. Um, But the point is, is that friends can really guide you. And having those friends there to kind of show you time balance, what you can do to make yourself more efficient. Um, And then they also, they can give you wellness, 
right? So after exams, having plans with your friends, especially if you are going to medical school far away from your friends and family from home, having something to look forward to after your exams with people that you're around all the time anyway is just great. I cannot replace the memories that I have of, you know, after an exam and going down to Knoxville and getting an Airbnb with all of my friends and sleeping on mattresses on the floor and just having a great time. Like, it was great. I cannot replace those memories for anything. And I'm so glad that I had that experience. And I would hope that, you know, everyone got that experience. So those are all my tips for transitioning into medical school from undergrad, from your gap year. Um, I will say one last thing. I will say that if you are a pre-med listening to this and you are thinking whether or not to take a gap year, I would take it. I could not see myself going from undergrad straight into medical school. I think that my gap year gave me perspective. That's the biggest thing that it gave me. It gave me more of a personality. Um, It gave me peace. Like it let me kind of sort out the parts of my life that maybe I didn't have time to sort out during undergrad. And so I was able to go to medical school being more of a whole human. So yeah, I would definitely recommend taking a gap year, even if you weren't planning on it, even if you're competitive enough to go ahead and go straight into medical school from undergrad, consider just taking a gap year just for the heck of it. Um, you can. This is a pro tip. You can always defer your acceptance. I know people personally who were accepted to medical school. So say they were accepted for August or July of 2019. They deferred that acceptance to 2020. So you can always you know, tell the school, hey, I really love that you accepted me. I really want to attend this program. I promise that I will if you can defer me for a year. So that's just a pro tip. Anyway, Um, I hope that you guys all enjoyed this episode. It was lovely thinking back to my first year of medical school. It feels like so long ago, but it was only four years ago that I started medical school. And a lot's changed since then in the world. We had COVID and everything. But I think that a lot of the main points that I was talking about hold true. Um, So if you want to hear more content like this, Let me know in my DMs on Instagram. As always, thank you so much for listening. Leave a five-star rating and review. Follow me on Instagram at dear.do.pod. Go to my website, deardopod.com, for blog post guides and submit your questions anonymously to me, and I will answer them on the podcast. So thank you so much and see you again next week.